This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekness starts in 3, 2, 1. The Gunna Geek Network presents the latest installment of All Things Good and Nerdy. With your hosts, Naki. Internet is really, really great. Forborn. Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. And Chris. So I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> They're here each week to talk about the latest in nerd news. And sometimes they bring a special guest host along, too. As Magneto once said, Ha ha ha, welcome to die! Well, I want to cut you all. I'm just going to cut you all. Meat candy. Woohoo! You have boobs! So kick your feet up and relax as you take in the latest crazy episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Oh, look, now you're pointing at me. God damn it. You got um, pancakes and bacon as the opening. I love it. <laughs> making pancakes, making pancakes, making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Make the bacon and I put it in a pancake. Bacon pancake, making bacon pancake, bacon pancakes. Bacon. Um, Yay! <laughs> well, that wasn't my original story. Um... <laughs> um in lieu of something that happened this week, which I'll talk about as my news of the week, um, I've been watching Aladdin a lot at work because it's the only movie that... I actually found out that we have Fern Gully, though, so that'll probably be this so week. That's a good flick. Um, but I found out that a lot of the kids don't know who the genie is, so guess who was playing Introduction to the Genie? Nice. And then... All the babies were laughing at me because I, you know, they put me in charge of the babies at night, which terrifying. Um, they, uh, they were laughing at me as I would sing along with. Never had a friend like me. There's, yeah. I need to watch that movie again. I don't own it, and it's not streaming, and I haven't paid attention to what channels it's playing on. Um, I apparently own it in three different forms. Nice. I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. Princess Jasmine was the closest thing that looked like me. Um, so she was the one that I latched on to. Because I was like, look, I could be a princess too. I just love uh, the fact they had to change the music because of some of the original lyrics in there. Like, yeah. Ara- Arabian Nights originally had a line with something along the lines, if you do something wrong, they'll cut off your hand. And they had to take yeah. that out. Um, I love the, the best thing I heard about that movie this week was that it was going to be nominated for uh, Best Script for the Oscars. And they removed the nomination. They wouldn't allow it because a certain actor improvs seventy percent of his lines. Yeah. Um. Uh, then that's why oh. Robert Downey Jr. could never win an Oscar for uh, Sherlock Holmes or Iron Man. Then because he improved almost all of that supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was. Um. If you ever like looking into movies that that changed throughout the course of time, um, Emperor's New Groove which was, it, it's still an amazing movie to me. I love that movie so much. Um, Emperor's New Groove was actually much darker and much scarier. Uh, Yzma 
was going to raise the dead, I believe is what it was, and was going to uh, take over the kingdom with a zombie horde, and like they had to change it to make it more lighthearted. And wow, that movie Disney. would have been much more fun with a with a necromancer. That, that's all. Yeah. I think it would have been a blast. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't test well <laughs> with children. Yeah, go figure. Whiners. Nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my story this week. Is I've been introducing children to the wonders that we had growing up, and they are now currently deprived of. Yeah, and now nice. I'm sad inside. I, I made myself sad. <laughs> now I'm bummed. Oh well, I guess I'll do my news because it's not a bummer. I didn't actually do it. That wasn't actually my news. That was just yeah, a story. Was, I know, bro, but now I'm sad I'm because of the story. Well, you, 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 you haven't even done wrong. our... We haven't even done our intro. Come on, Chris. Get on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slacking off, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I welcome... said something else completely. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome, everyone, to episode 120 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, recorded live on Sunday, August 7th, 2014. You've got the main crew here. You've got me, Chris. You've got Naki. Hi. And, of course, we've got one Mr. Anthony Bachman. Taco. Taco, taco. Taco, favorite keys. Sorry, I've got South Park stuck in my head. Taco, taco, taco. <laughs> Burrito. Burrito. And... A loud good morning to everyone in our chat room, and by everyone I mean draftsman. Hi, draftsman. <laughs> and the other draftsman, apparently. Yes, supposedly um, there's two draftsmen in the chat room, so this could be interesting, perhaps. Everybody fight. There can only be one. Only one draftsman. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Wow. Is that draftsman's brother? Because I know draftsman's brother too. I used to yell at him a lot. Did you? What did you yell at him about? Because he would disappear. He would be in the middle of a job and he'd disappear and I'd get pissed. That's <laughs> nah, not good. <laughs> oh, Drasman knows. Drasman knows. <laughs> I think that's actually how Drasman and I bonded, was beating up his brother. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Inside the Actor's Studio. And I got nothing. Aw. Now I'm sad inside again. <laughs> Are you sad because I did Inside the Actor's Studio poorly? That was a, No, that was the last episode I watched. Oh. Ah. That makes sense. I could see that that would be a bummer then. I can't find this article I'm looking for. All right, okay, well, so... so so should we just do my official news now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do your official news, because then we can be downers and we can kind of up everything after that after we all feel sad. Okay. So my official news of the week, is, if you can't figure it out, is Robin Williams passed away this week. Um, I have been a mess. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have. I know a lot of people that at the comedy club that I work at were really messed up because a lot of us got our start because of Robin Williams. Um, the very, like uh, Between him and George Carlin, and I honestly can't remember who I listened to first. That's, that's how deep this runs here. Um, I memorized both of their stand-up acts, um, as, and that's when I decided that I could do it too. Um, and it's, so to me, it, and then like you got 
all of the voices of our childhood. You got every movie that he's been in, which if you look at his IMDb date, like site, it's huge. He's been in like everything. And in all different yeah. kinds of genres, too. He was we went through the whole thing on our Spoiler Alert Theater in memoriam of Robin Williams. We literally went through his entire IMDb. It's it was huge. a blast. <laughs> um, it was... It, it, uh, I just I I know how many people it, they took personally to it. I it's one of those things that like, and I think what the worst part was was that you know everyone was like I think well because it, it was announced you know as a suicide and everything like that. That's when it 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 hurt even worse because you're just like how can someone so wonderful be so in so much pain? You know. Yo. Well, and someone that brings so much joy to other people's lives have so much trouble dealing with their own. Well, and it's something he's sort of talked about a lot in his past is that yeah. there's there was always a darkness about him and used comedy to overcome that, it seemed like. And there's some of his early stand-ups and things like that and even some of his midlife stand-ups where he starts talking about divorce, how you're always paying through your heart and your wallet through your heart and stuff like that. He's had some dark moments, and I think he used comedy as his tool to try and cope with that. Um, well, they had him on a... Doug Loves Movies, Mark Maron was on, I think, two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And he said they, uh, he re-put up the episode where Robin Williams was on Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast. And it's he said it's really hard to go back and listen to because at the end of the podcast, Robin Williams was having a conversation with himself, talking himself out of suicide. Oof. So, yeah, it's, that's out there if you want to go hear it, but apparently it's, right now it's really hard to listen to. Yeah, no um, if you uh if you there I use Spotify. Not that I, I am paid to promote or anything like that. Um but, but I use Spotify. I know, if you want to pay, I'm totally <laughs> totally down. Sorry, I was trying to college. inject a moment of levity. We can dig um, on a Spotify sponsorship. That, that <laughs> Spotify dot com slash bacon. That would be us. There you go. Or Epic Mealtime. Uh, uh, I think they'll go to Epic Mealtime first. We might get pantslessness or something. Um, the, uh, uh, I was using it to listen to some of his stand-up, and I listened to the last, I believe it was one of the last ones he did, um, The World Ends, I believe is what it was called, um, and he talks about his alcoholism, and, like, he, he talks about his alcoholism and depression, he had talked about that a lot, um, but he really, he, he kind of, delved into, like, the comedy side of the alcoholism and stuff like that, but it, you see the moments, you you see it, and you're just like, and, you know, you go back to it later, and you're like, wow, like, and I mean, I understand, I use comedy to get through depression, I have bipolar disorder, and I've never hit it, and it's, a, uh, it's, it's an easier route to take than to actually go the, go where your brain wants you to go. Right. I mean, I think we can say one of our takeaways from this is if you're considering suicide, things like that, find someone to talk to. Don't don't let yourself go down that path. I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of people have been going on online online and saying lately, and it applies here. If if you're in a dark place, talk to someone. Try and find the help. Don't try and take care of it yourself if you can't. Um, That being said, though, and I I say this as a word of precaution um, because it's you know, I've been in that in that place. Don't talk to someone you don't actually. Well, okay. Don't talk to a non-trained professional that you don't know. Right. Does I mean, because like I've had people who have approached me online who are suicidal, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know. 
how to deal with this situation other than I want to call the cops to go check on you. And there, <laughs> there is an 800 number people can call. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but there are there are places out there to help folks, and I hope people use them. Yeah, I really do too. I really hope that, I, and I know that his death has sparked a lot of talk, which has helped, you know, maybe someone will see that mental health is health in general and will cover more of it and offer more free of it because it's a lot, like a lot of people don't believe that mental health is something you need to take care of, but it really is because it, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Exactly. You know? And uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. There you go. Use it. If you feel like you're in that dark place, you should use it. Exactly. Um, no. should, should we go to lighter news? Because I have lighter news, too, thanks to let's, Anthony this morning. Yeah, let's go to some lighter news, and we'll let you do the lighter news, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> As Anthony. your news of the week, this was our overarching news for everything. It's, a, it's definitely an upsetting situation, sad thing. So we're going to kick it to Naki for her news of the week. News team, assemble! Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. Uh, Bob's Burgers won an enemy. Won an enemy. Won, <laughs> won an Emmy for outstanding uh, animated series. Yay! I'm the only the one show. on the show excited about it. Yeah, but you yeah. guys don't understand how much <laughs> I love Bob's Burgers. Yes, I, really I do, do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have shared that news story with you. <laughs> And I appreciate it, Anthony. It's it's best. I love, I love Bob's Burgers. I lo- between Bob's Burgers and Archer, I can recite like everything that's happening. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Um, actually, speaking of Archer, that's the board game boyfriend got me for my birthday, and I really want to play it. So you know, Chicagoland people, let's do this. Um, Did they yeah. get some of the awards last night? Because I could have sworn I saw something about the actress who plays Crazy Eyes won an award. Oh, did she? Yeah. I've seen online, but I, I can't find the results anywhere. <laughs> I'm almost done with season two, and she's been so great this season. Yeah, Crazy Eyes has an interesting season. Uh, if you haven't finished, or if you guys haven't watched Orange Is the New Black, really good show. We just finished season two last night, and now I'm going. Oh my God, when season three start? And it's going to be a while. It's you a great year. Show. I'm almost done with season two. Oh, are we supposed to announce this? Uh, I finished season one of Arrow. So what's the verdict here, Naki? When you last talked to you, you had only gone about seven or eight episodes in, and you were kind of meh, for lack of a better term. After finishing the complete arc of season one, where do you sit on Arrow, Naki? Um, I actually really enjoy it now. We just had to get past the shitty uh, rich kids are pissed off at their parents arc. And then once we got past that, it was actually really interesting, and I liked it. I'm pretty sure that Anthony and I told you that's what was going to happen. I know, I know. You just had to pay your dues on that show, and then it turns but into something really good. Part, like that part was soul-sucking. I'm just like, oh my god, I get it. You're rich and you're angry. Come on. But once trying, we got past that part... Um, yeah, it was trying to follow the CW formula early on, I think. Is the <sighs> that's so terrible. Um, but yeah, I actually I really enjoy it. And now I'm pissed that I can't watch season two anywhere because it's not streaming and it's not. <laughs> there's no way for me to watch it. <laughs> I was hoping it would be on Netflix like they did season one early on, but I think that since they've got a really good following now, they're like, yeah, we'll hold off on the whole Netflix part for season two. 
Yeah. Now, I didn't I've think been... about that when she'd get done with season one because I was sitting there watching season two on the CW's website the day after it came out every night because I could watch it the next day while I was coloring. Yeah, yeah, it's they only got the last four episodes yeah, or something like that. Yeah, four episodes up. Yeah, and that's the reason why I never deleted any of the episodes off my DVR. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you have a one terabyte hard drive in your DVR. You just never delete. I have to go through my DVR and delete stuff, and apparently add an arrow to my DVR. Wednesday yes, <laughs> nights, is it, or Tuesday? Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights is the flash. Yep. Well, like, when does Flash start? Because I should Tuesday, do that now. October 11th or 12th, I think. Isn't it like 51 days now? I think they put out the post yesterday that said for the DC 52, it was 52 days until the Flash. Yeah, something like that. So I guess today it should be 51. And Drasmi said, yay, Naki has finished Arrow. So I'm just happy we converted Naki because we told you so. <laughs> we yep. knew you'd like it. <laughs> yep. We're here to help. <laughs> and even if getting to the end of season one you're just starting to like it, that's like the worst Arrow. Like, it gets so much better in season two. Yeah, it they, they ramp up the intensity so much within like the first two episodes of season two. You're like, holy crap. Well, okay. I think by the time season two started, they knew that they weren't going to get canceled. And they knew that the writers could take a lot more risks storyline-wise and bringing in more influence from the DC universe. And that the fans were going to dig it. And that it didn't need to be like a cookie-cutter CW show. Exactly. That they could really kind of push it and that the fans would enjoy it. And and continuing with the fan stuff here, um, I started following Stephen Amell on Facebook, and if his superhero workouts don't make you want to, you know, amp up your workout, yeah, holy crap, oh, <laughs> he the makes best... me feel very very lazy whenever I watch one of his workouts. Yeah, <laughs> the best is all the people have watched that and be like, you need to be on American Ninja Warrior, and he's like, do it, I'll be there, make it happen. Nope. But I'm like, I want to see Stephen Amell on there. And the best part is the Facebook and Twitter back and forth you see between him and uh, Casey Catanzaro. It was the first woman to clear qualifying yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, she's that like, you need to come do it. He's like, awesome. Oh, I know. <laughs> this show is, like, crazily addicting to me because I know I'll never be able to do it, but it's just really cool to see what people are able to pull off. See, I'm, I'm hipster when it comes to Ninja Warrior. I started watching Ninja Warrior, like, ten years ago when it was only in Japan. <laughs> I've watched those ones, too. I mean, that's what I started on because they used to show the reruns all the time on Tech TV slash G4 in the earlier days, so I watched a bunch of those, but I enjoy the American Ninja Makoto Warrior. Makoto Nagano. Too. I have such a crush on Makoto Nagano. No idea, <laughs> and I nobody had, knows what I'm talking about, but I have. I never had Tech TV, so I was one of those people, until they brought it to NBC, I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know it was a thing. It's a, like, this show is fucking amazing. <laughs> if you if you can find it, I highly recommend watching the original Ninja Warrior. I don't watch the American Ninja Warrior because it pisses me off. Um, not that it's bad or anything like that, but it just I don't like the announcers. They make me angry. Um, mm, they're just yeah, not, they're not as charismatic good. as the if you watch the Japanese ones. The char the the Japanese announcers like they literally had crushes on these guys as they're running through. So like there was one episode. <laughs> Where this guy, he was hot, and I, I can't remember his name because he wasn't like one that lasted or anything like that. Um, but he was hot, and the, the 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 announcer was like, "And his delicious man meat has hit the water," and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, and so is that is it? Is there versions of it online that's subtitled? Because I'm assuming it's actually in Japanese, right? Yeah, it's in Japanese. Um, I believe so. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Well, it's I'm called actually... like Susuke or something like that, isn't it? The yeah, stuff, it's... yeah, the old ones. 
Yeah, Sa- Sasuke. Well, yeah, I, I, highly, I highly doubt that it's called American Ninja Warrior. That'd be oh, really cause cause oh, no, it's called Ninja, Ninja Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> Just Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you ever if you ever get the chance to to find the original Ninja Warrior in Japanese with the crazy announcer that just like made the show for me, um, I, I highly recommend it. The announcer was fantastic, and uh, some of the stunts the guys pulled like there was there was the guy who always ran as Superman. Um, there was the diaper man that freaked out the announcer. <laughs> he would he would just make fun of him. It was it was. I, yeah. yeah, seriously. Anthony, if you want some of the originals, just go on YouTube and look for Ninja Warrior Dash Sasuke S A S U K E. There's a bunch of fully uploaded episodes on there. It looks like. There you nice. go. Nice. That's actually what, what I was checking. Ones. Was trying to figure out how to spell Sasuke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to. I want to have a breaking news thing here for some internet stupidity I just saw that has to be shared because it's so bad. This was on Ooh. Twitter, and someone thankfully cropped out their Twitter name out of the screenshot they took, so we can't beat them up too much, but it says, oh my god, I just read that China is 12 hours ahead of America. Why didn't they warn them about 9-11? That's such bullshit. Fuck you, China. Like, I saw that on Reddit. <laughs> I saw that on Reddit. I was just oh. like, what? <laughs> oh. It was a physical facepalm. <laughs> I literally the, just... The amount it. of stupid people, like, it's like seeing the ones where, like, um, kids saying, what, Titanic was real? Yeah. Why didn't the film crew help those people? Like, it's unbelievable how fucking stupid some people are. Yeah, that's one of the stupidest things I've seen all day. And actually, and it's only 10.30 in the morning. No, seriously. <laughs> if they're in the future, why didn't they warn us? Jeez. Gosh. God. <laughs> so, I'll just take my news story next. It's been Shark Week on Discovery Channel, if you guys hadn't realized. So it's been shark myths and shark stories all the time. So, to wrap up Shark Yeah, and Shark I wanted to go with a shark-related story I found on The Verge. And it's basically that Google has to reinforce their uh, undersea cabling with Kevlar because sharks keep biting them and breaking them. Well, so when they, when they bury fiber optic lines and things like that, they have to wrap it in Kevlar because there's something about the electromagnetic field they put out and sharks are able to detect electromagnetic fields and hunt based mm-hmm. off them where they keep attacking these cables and then shearing them. Or they should and just change the... themselves. Yeah, it probably doesn't feel too good when they bite through it. Probably not. But they should just change the electromagnetic field so that it doesn't sound to the sharks that it's like a seal. <laughs> well, it, that's the theory as to why they're doing it. It hasn't been confirmed. There's a couple different theories out there with some science behind it, so it's not decided that that's 100%. Well, it, it makes sense, because, yeah, they, they've proven that sharks can track through electromagnetic fields, so it's got to be something due to the current going through the wires. That's what I was thinking. And The Verge has an interesting story up about it, including a video from 1987, I think it is, of sharks under attack, uh, excuse me, attacking uh, submerged cabling. It was pretty cool, nice. and I thought that was a nice way to wrap up the Shark Week festivities. <laughs> it's like, um, come on, guys, quit wrapping chum around the cables. It's just not funny anymore. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of talk during this Shark Week, and I don't actually give a shit about Shark Week because... <laughs> Whatever, but there's been a lot of uh, backlash towards Discovery this year because they discovered last year that they were putting out false information about sharks, and this year, like people are out there with their notebooks, like marking down every time that they say something wrong about sharks. And holy I've shit, I read some of that. And there was one guy, a scientist. They did this one episode, like the ghost shark or something that's supposed to live in like the delta of the Mississippi River or something like that. And the guy says, no, it's impossible to have happened. And then they quoted him out of context in there and like cut out part of his quote to say it's possible it could have existed. And he's like, you completely misquoted me, Discovery Channel. 
Yeah, like, you would think after last year with that backlash that they would have fixed that, but well, oh care. my god. Well, let's like, be honest, Discovery Channel is not really Discovery like we used to know. That's true. Discovery Channel used to be the channel that I would watch for all my animal info, and I used to get watch like the fucking Crocodile Hunter, rest in peace, because I loved him. I loved the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> yeah, but the big thing is, as long as Discovery it's so hard has to not make a Stingray joke. <laughs> I know. I just he died doing what he loved. Hmm. Yeah, poking <laughs> creatures. <laughs> Who poked oh, Stingray? Sometimes. Oi, oi, hey you, oi, oh shit. <laughs> I was playing with the stingray the other, like the last time, I think it was the last time I went to the zoo. They have a thing called Stingray Bay where you can go and you can pet stingrays and you can feed them. And I'm just like, these are amazing! Oh, you killed my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pet a manta ray at the San Diego uh, Sea World. It felt like a live hot dog. Yeah, basically. That's the best way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. It was like if the texture of a hot dog was still kicking and moving around, it was the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> and I will say, I know I just bitched a little bit about Discovery's content, but the fact of the matter is it's still one of my favorite channels to watch, between like Mythbusters and I'm Strangely Addicted to Deadliest Catch, still. Uh, it's still a lot better than TLC, which is just teaching America how to be mentally challenged. Yes, TLC, used to have, TLC used to have quality programming on there. Well, it's I the think way the channels morph. Whoever it was that made MTV change their name, because they're not music television anymore, they're literally just MTV needs to force the learning channel to change their name because they're not the fucking learning channel. You can't learn anything on that channel except how to be a jackass on reality TV. Yeah, pretty. And much. how to be a how to be a beauty pageant kid star. Yeah, like I said, jackass. <laughs> it is creepy. It's weird. That whole channel could be firebombed and the world would be better for it. Oh, Draftsman has pointed out in the chat room, he said Stephen Amell has taken the Ice Bucket Challenge. Have you guys been yes. watching those videos? There's some really good ones out Chris there. Chris Pratt's second one. I, oh, he I saw Chris Pratt's team. first one. Yeah, he got challenged again, so in the second one he decided to change it up, and he does a shot of ice vodka and then drinks a Smirnoff ice. <laughs> he got iced. I like it. I hate getting iced, man. You go to tailgates here and sometimes you get iced. It's degrading. <laughs> Do you guys know what getting iced is? Nope. It's, uh, basically, you have to carry around some Smirnoff ices in your pockets or whatever, and if you hand it to someone and they grab it, they then have to get down on one knee and chug it. That just but, sounds terrible. But what you can do is if you have one in your pocket, you can block, and then by blocking, you make them have to get down on one knee and drink both. Where it gets problematic is if you block back and forth like four or five times. It's a long day. I just feel like that just ends badly for everybody. Yeah, but it's kind I of degrading to have to drink lukewarm Smirnoff ice. really bored. <laughs> also, yes. It's not a West Virginia game, man. We just kind of took it over. Well, I know it ain't an Idaho thing, so... Draftsman has also said, tell. in the chat room, he said he's tempted to take the challenge just to make us do it. But he wants yeah. video evidence. Hmm, I'd do it. But not that I'm saying that, that Draftsman <laughs> should do that to us, but I'm saying I'd do it. <laughs> Well, the study is, I, I think a lot, it's weird because I've seen a lot of backlash because people are talking about that people aren't even mentioning ALS sometimes in their challenge videos, which is a little sad. Yeah. But, like, some of the videos have been hilarious. Like, um, uh, Steve Cardenas, who was the Red, Red Ranger, Ranger. Uh, he did it, and he did one video with the Red, he put the helmet on, 
Like, he put his red Power Ranger helmet on over his civilian clothes and then had him dump a bucket. And, like, people complained that he was wearing a helmet. It's like, he's still giving the money to charity. He still did the video. He made it fun. It's like, people can complain about anything. It's so freaking sad. Well, that's the nature of the internet. People are going to bitch about everything. Yeah. That's the sad thing. But let's, let's do something happier. You got news for us this week, Anthony? Yes, I do. Sweet. Um Saw a little quick article. I went to the Latina Review because they seemed... I don't know who it is, but somebody at the Latina Review has a cousin or a brother-in-law or fucking somebody that actually works at Marvel because they seem to get everything ahead of time and they seem to be, like, all their forecasting news seems to be, like, 85-90% right. They're almost always on the button. They have some great fucking reporters at that website. But um, they did a which Marvel character... Which Marvel... Uh, cinematic universe characters might we see in Marvel's Ant-Man. And so they were talking about when uh, Edgar Wright was trying to say that he was going to insert more characters into Ant-Man from what they've heard from the earlier drafts of the Hank Pym in the first act, so when we're going to see like a flashback to a young Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, it's supposed to be a meeting with S.H.I.E.L.D., so you're supposedly going to see Howard Stark, Peggy Carter, Armin Zola, and a young Alexander Pierce. Hmm. So I think it'd be kind of, could be kind of cool, and it's it definitely it makes sense because in the Ant Man film we know we're getting Michael Douglas's Hank Pym, so he's like the old retired superhero, and then we're gonna get uh, Rude as Scott, Scott Lang, and so the idea of them having both those actors and not it totally makes sense that there'd be a flashback to an earlier thing of, like, what Ant-Man was doing when it was, you know, in the past and nobody knew who he was, and he was probably just, you know, a super spy, basically. So, yeah, I think that could be a really cool setup for adding a lot of the characters in. And then uh, they mentioned in their review, because it would be uh, a, also a, a, another way to set up some more uh, interesting, or more interest in the Agent Carter TV series, because it gives you another flashback to that time sequence. And there you go. You gotta look for their uh, selling point. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see what happens in this one. I know a lot of people are super worried right now because of all the turnover and churn with that movie, but at this point, Marvel Studios, I tend to trust them. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that one. They, so far, they, I mean, they really don't do anything wrong. No. <laughs> no matter how weird their decisions sound. It, it, it turns out right, man. <laughs> exactly. So Ant-Man is still on my excited list. I guess we should touch on this real quick, even though everyone already predicted this months ago. Jason Momoa officially cast as Aquaman. Woo. Yay! Woo. Um, I have stuff from uh, GamesCon, which is happening right now. Gen Con is also <laughs> happening right now. Holy shit, there's news this week, guys. <laughs> Yeah, before we get that, there's one thing I wanted to touch on right now. Have you guys ever wanted to own an Action Comics number one, a.k.a. Superman's yes, debut? And I looked at that eBay auction, and it makes me very, very sad that I haven't won the lottery yet. Yes, if you go on eBay right now and you get yourself pre-approved, there is a CGC 9.0 Action Comics number one for sale. Does anyone want to care to guess where that is right now, what it's going for at the moment? Billion dollars. You're it's less than that. When I looked at it, it only popped just above like 1.2 million. It wasn't that high yet. I just loaded the screen myself. Action Comics number one, CGC 9.0, is currently the current bid is 1.75 million dollars. That's not that bad. 
No. Somebody needed some money. Somebody but, help them out. <laughs> yeah, and, and to keep in mind also, guys, this auction is benefiting the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, so it's going for a good cause. If you have a crap ton of money and you listen to our show for some reason, number one, thank you. Number and two, donate to us. <laughs> okay, number two, donate to us. And number three, if you're interested in this comic and you want to give money to a good cause, go check it out over at eBay. I mean, there's listings all over the place. I just thought it was kind of incredible to see an Action Comics number one in such good shape. Well, it's the highest rated Action Comics number one that's left on the planet. And yeah, it's one of those eBay auctions where literally you have to be the type of person where they have to verify who you are before you're even allowed to bid. So it's not one of those ones where people can go in and fuck with it. You have to have permission to bid on this item. Because yeah, it's going to go for a couple million dollars. The last one that was near a CGC of that grade went for over three million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. If you guys are really curious about it, you can go check out their website. They've got a whole backstory on the comic and some of the other action comics that have come up that are highly graded and things like that. It's really cool. They're kind of making a big event out of this. I guess it's even sponsored somehow by like Verizon or something. I don't know how, but it's really interesting from a comic fan to see an old book like that that is in such good shape and everything that's going on. It's fantastic looking. Because Verizon gets their hands on everything. <laughs> They're trying. Yeah, yeah it, it is a gorgeous copy of the book. It it looks so nice, it's hard to believe that it's actually real. Because it doesn't look like it should have held up that well. It's a it's a pretty, pretty copy of Action Comics. I want yeah, a pretty I, copy of Action Comics number one. I want a pretty copy of Amazing Fantasy number 15, but... Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. They're, well, since, they're both since on, on the Holy Grail list. <laughs> exactly. Since we're on Superman right now, there's one thing I want to share real quick, is that you guys know Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. have teamed up to do the Superman book for DC. Well, Superman 34 yeah, yeah. has a variant cover where John Romita Sr. draws the cover to the book. Which I can't cool. believe that that's happening. I, I, I understood when he got Junior. I was like, this is cool. Junior's never worked for DC before, but the fact that he talked his dad, I'm, he must have talked his dad into it. Because that's the only way it would happen. But yeah, Jr. Senior drawing Superman is fucking awesome. And according to Jr. Senior, this is the first time he's drawn a Superman on a comic book cover. So this is happening, people, and it's fantastic nice. to see. I love it. I brought it up in the on the live screen for anyone who's watching the live stream. That is very. So for pretty. the draftsman. Yeah, for the draftsman or anyone who watches <laughs> later on YouTube. On the YouTubes. The tubes that are you. Uh, let's see. One other thing I want to touch on real quick. This is all minor news right now. Guardians of the Galaxy broke the $200 million mark this weekend. Awesome. Yay! Hoot, 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 hoot. I've only seen it once. i got to go see it again still. So I've seen it three times now. Damn. Nice. Naki's in the lead. Uh, yeah, you're in the lead. I'm going to take the wife to see it. Um, boyfriend took me on Tuesday. Um, that's what pushed me ahead. Um, can, we, can we talk about the thing that we that we have talked other people into doing? Chris, can can we talk about editing? Talk about editing. I'm so confused. Just go ahead. X-wing. Let's talk X-wing. <laughs> uh, okay. We talked other people into doing X-wing. We have. Uh, if you no, guys remember, leave Ryan's all allowance money alone. Yes, Ryan's come <laughs> on the show and got me to play X-wing, got Naki to play X-wing, and got others on the internet to play. With Gen Con going on, Fantasy Flights Games has basically decided they want more of my money, as they have announced some of the new kits. They've introduced a third faction to the X-wing game. Used to be just rebels and imperials. Now there's the scum and villainry faction, which is all of your bounty hunters and assassins and things like that. 
I want to play as Boba Fett. It's hard-working, blue-collar mercenaries. Yeah. Good uh, I mean, and what they've done also is they've issued a conversion kit in this, so like you can take the Slave 1 ship that you bought as part of the Imperial faction and now convert it into the Scum and Villainy faction, and it's really badass. We am going to go a little down into the weeds here, but Slave 1's ability when Boba Fett's the pilot, when attacking or defending, you re-roll one of your dice for each enemy ship at range 1. That's ridiculously powerful. <laughs> I, I have a question about that. Can you change pilots for any ship in the game? Each ship has a certain set of pilot cards can be put to it. So you've got a stack of like X-Wing pilot cards can be put on X-Wing, but you can't take an X-Wing pilot and put them in a Y-Wing, for instance. So okay, pilots are mapped like, who, who else would have the balls to try to pilot Slave 1? Uh, well, there's there's different <laughs> variants. Apart, well, technically, this is only a Fire Spray 31. This is called because there's a one-point card you can play that is a Slave 1 title card that then makes it Slave 1 and gives it a different ability on top of that. Hmm. Same thing with the Millennium Falcon. You have to actually play the Millennium Falcon title card for it to be the Millennium Falcon. Otherwise, otherwise it's, it's just it's a big ship. ship. It's just a YT-1300 like otherwise. Ah, okay. I guess that kind of makes sense. Just see, yeah, I was trying to think, like, who else would pilot Slave 1? No one's got the balls to steal fucking Boba's shit. Exactly. Class. Really fun game. They have announced as some of their expansions there is a uh, a three-pack that is two Z95 Headhunters and a Y-Wing that you can buy. That's the most wanted expansion pack, I believe. There is the um, the Star Viper expansion pack. For those that are familiar with Shadows of the Empire, the Star Viper is uh, Prince Shizor's ship. So now you can buy that and have it as part of your fleet. You can also get an M3A Interceptor expansion pack, which is, I think is a Mandalorian ship. I'm not sure, though. And then the IG-2000 expansion pack, which is IG-88's uh, vessel. Um, I don't own the game. They want all I, my money. If, if you have actually... If you don't actually own the game, but you've just looked at these ships, the models that they use for this are fucking gorgeous. Oh, I know. Yeah. I want, like... Part of me, I don't even own the game because I can't afford to own the game because that's ridiculous how much stuff there is. <laughs> but um, I just want the Millennium Falcon model just to have it because it's beautiful. <laughs> One of the guys that plays at our local store has also created um, some sticker cutouts of the engine glow for the Millennium Falcon. So instead of having to paint it, you can just drop one of the stickers in there. It's really cool. Nice. nice. I haven't played anything. I haven't bought anything since Wave 3, I don't think. So I need to buy some more stuff. I haven't gotten to play in a little while either is the problem. The miniatures game for, for this is just amazing. I'm not even a huge <clears throat> miniatures fan because of how much goes into it. But it's fucking gorgeous. Um, I think at Gen Con they also announced more um, expansion to Star Wars The Trading Card Game. And a new version of, not a new version of X-Wing, but another uh, miniatures game set in the Star Wars universe. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. So if you're a Star Wars gamer fan, there's quite there's quite a lot of news for you in there. That being said, I just can't get into the card-based ones. It's Star Wars Armada, that's what it is, is the new yeah. game. And um, it's capital ship attacks. I don't like that hmm. style of game. Um, it's it's If you like Android Netrunner, uh, Magic the Gathering... Well, okay, Magic the Gathering is, is not... No, it's not. that's not right. But if you like Android Netrunner, it's on the same baseline... Um, Lord of the, is it Lord of the Rings? No, it's Game of Thrones, who also has a similar card game style. It's not for me. Um, I know Ryan. It's a, it's in his one of his top three games. Um, I know boyfriend has it. Um, I 
don't like that style, but more power to you if you like it. Um, I know a lot of people do, though. And there is an expansion to DC Deck Builder that came out last week, I want to say. Yes. I there was a mini it. expansion, and then there was the, the full expansion that came out, I believe, in October. Well, that um, wasn't a full expansion. That was just a like a new a new set of playable cards. It was almost like version 1.5, for lack of a better term, because I've got both. Oh, okay. And it made locations a little less powerful, which is the nice thing. This is, like, really down-in-the-weeds board game talk for some people, so if you guys don't like board games, sucks, dude, because these are awesome. (laughs) DC Deck Builder is amazing. Um, It is the first game, to me, um, that is a deck-building game that really integrates the characters. Um, whereas, like, Marvel also has a deck-building game, but it's really interchangeable. You didn't have to, like, it's it could just be a deck-building game and it not necessarily be Marvel. Like, it doesn't Ooh. integrate the character types or anything like that, and it's I, actually really disappointing. I just went on Fantasy Flight's website, and there's another game that I missed being talked about. I guess it was just announced yesterday? No, two days ago. It is Star Wars Imperial Assault, which is a board game of tactical combat in Star Wars. Ooh. Ooh. And now, it looks like that one catches my attention. Yes. Nice. Proud to announce the upcoming release of Imperial Assault, a Star Wars board game of cinematic adventure and tactical combat for two to five players. Cast you and your friends in the climactic events following the Death Star's destruction above Yavin, Yavin 4 and offers two full game experiences within the Star Wars universe. In a campaign game, you and up to four other friends play a series of thrilling missions woven together in a narrative campaign. And in the skirmish game, you and opponent muster your own strikes and battle head to head. The game board looks awesome. Let me see if I can pull this up for you guys. I should have done that while I was reading, but I'm I'm intrigued in Fantasy Flight wants more of my money. Fantasy Flight is really good at taking my money. Ooh. I am very intrigued so it's by an, this So game. it is another miniatures. It's another miniature game, but like combat based and looks like well, you can build different maps and stuff. X Wing is X Wing would be considered combat based. Ooh. And they've all got different cards. Sorry, I'm getting attacked by a cat right now, guys. <laughs> Kitty! <laughs> Show us your pussy. Show uh, us your pussy. I have to play this. Damn you, Fantasy Flight Games, for making me spend even more god-awful amounts of money. <laughs> Show us your pussy. Show yeah. us your pussy. I can't. The cat's on all over me. Um, <laughs> I lost track of what I was going to say, in all honesty, because I got distracted. Would anyone okay, else have well, a new story they want to touch on while I get my train of thought back? Um, well, uh... Another convention that's going on this week, other than Gen Con, is GamesCon, um, which is basically like video game conference. Um, a lot of announcements have come out of there. Uh, the trailer for Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which is what I have been tracking. Um, that's going to be fun. I really think so. It is so. going to be a lot of fun. Yay, pussy! Um, <laughs> for you, Naki. I showed you my pussy. Yeah! Cat. Pussy cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, Borderlands you lost your train of thought, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I show Naki my pussy, and she loses her train of thought. That's a magic <laughs> pussy. Jeez. <laughs> um, Borderlands the pre-sequel. Uh, they released the trailer for it. They used Congos this time around. For those of you who track the music, the Congo song is one of my favorite songs. It's on the radio right now, uh, so I was kind of excited about that. Um. 
but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It looks like it's going along the same lines as Borderlands 2. Handsome Jack is in this one, which makes me super excited because oh, he's... Nice. He is my favorite villain, I believe, right as of right now. He's still my favorite villain in the in the video game universe. Um, I still have not yet played Bioshock Infinite, though, so I've been it's told so that might, though that might hinder my thoughts on that. Um, the problem with that is I don't have time. And when Borderlands the pre-sequel comes out, it's right in the middle of midterms. So ooh, that sucks. It hurts my heart so much that I can't... Uh, I might go pre-order it anyways. I still need to go pre-order Arkham Knight. I don't have an, an X-Bone. Keith has the X-Bone. So make him so. pre-order it. Yeah. See? I'm helping you here. That's just mean. <laughs> have you played Borderlands yet, Anthony? Yeah, I played... um. Uh, what well, I think I rented Borderlands 2 for two different weekends, and I had a buddy in New York who had it, so we played online a couple of times. So I, I put a couple of hours into it. It was really fun, but that's one of those things. It's like I don't have enough time to sit down and play this right now, so I'm not buying it. Yeah. I mean, I have, I still have a box. I bought a, I found a, a cheap uh, Skylanders Giants for 23 bucks on Amazon. Oh, wow. It's sitting in front of my TV unopened. Because I won't let myself start a new video game until I finish Coloring Geek. That makes sense. Those kind of games really intrigue me, but <clears throat> I have to go Disney Infinity. We talked about this in the pre-show a little bit, but the fact yeah. that Disney has Marvel characters, that means that's what I'm playing. Well, my problem is that, one, my buddy's kid started playing Skylanders is what got all of us into it, and the fact that you can bring your characters wherever and put them on your buddy's portal, and they work. So... The three of us adults in our little group that all grew up together, we all bought Skylanders, so wherever the kids are at spending the night, they could always play that game. Mm-hmm. And then when I understood that in Infinity, it's set to where, at least right now, I understand you can make the sandbox like levels of your own. But other than that, like inside the game, if you're in the you know Captain Jack Sparrow area, you can't use the Incredibles. You're correct. You, I understand that as well. Yeah, when I heard of that limitation, I'm like, okay, that automatically makes me not want to play that game. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, there, there's there's positives and negatives on both of them, and they're both, you know, great fun and great for collectability. But yeah, I, I've been doing the Skylanders one, and yeah, now they're, like, they're four sets coming out, and I haven't opened my box on the second one yet, because I won't let myself play it. That's fair. I understand that. I've been playing way too much I'll stuff lately. I'll probably though. <laughs> I've been playing Pokemans again. <laughs> I've been playing Pokemon off and on as well. Also, um, if you if you haven't done it yet, um, internet gifts uh, or like actual gifts that you can receive over the Pokédex. Um, right now, they have a Pokeball Vivillion. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you like free Pokemans, um, I, like I already Pokemon. got I got I've gotten two Vivillions through that now. So, yeah. Pokemon. I forgot a Star Wars story I had, too, guys. We were talking about the Star Wars stuff at Fantasy Flight, and I forgot the big news that made me squeal is that their comicbook.com is reporting that the original unaltered cuts of the Star Wars trilogy are going to be released on Blu-ray by Disney. Squeeze! Guys, this is not the special edition. This is none of that stuff. No. It is the original cuts upscaled for Blu-ray and cleaned up. These are the ones that everybody wants that Lucas said he would never release again, and now Disney's like, oh, we want to make a couple hundred million dollars, so we're going to print new Blu-rays. 
Yes. According to comicbook.com, their sources at Disney say there have been plans to release an original cut for some time, but the project has been underway for a while and a challenge because of damage to the original negatives. But their goal is to release A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi in their complete unaltered form without the redone special edition special effects. There is no news on when this date is that it's going to happen, but that they are working on it. And, oh, my God, yes, please, yes, please, do it. Please, please. And it's like, like that was just money they weren't tapping into. Like, come on, everybody's going to rebuy it because that's what we've done for the past... 30 years is that we just keep buying it. <laughs> There's a reason I haven't bought the Star Wars Blu-rays yet, because I told myself I wasn't going to buy yet another recut that changes shit I love about the movies. So I have somehow, over the last <clears> two <throat> years, kept myself from buying them. I don't know yes. how. I have just the DVDs that my mother-in-law bought me for Christmas two years in a row of the prequels and the original set, but I never bought any of the Blu-rays. But yeah, this is one of those things. I have a feeling that when the like the day that Disney got the rights, I think they started working on this project, and it might have just taken them until now to get it done and ready to release. Yeah, because they knew they'd make you know millions once they're able to sell the version of Star Wars that everybody still has on VHS tapes that are slowly dying because you can only watch them so many times. Now you'd be able to put them on a Blu-ray that it will you know basically last forever, at least at this point, the way media is. I'm just so happy that Darth Vader screaming no like a little bitch as Luke gets electrocuted will go away now. <laughs> I'm so happy, guys. I, I can't even put into words how happy I am about this. He's actually, for those of you who are just listening, he's actually crying a little bit. I might have teared <laughs> up a little bit. Let me look. Does it look like there's some tears? <laughs> uh, he's so happy, I think his hair's growing back. Yeah, that would take a lot more than happiness, I swear. No, us. <laughs> I didn't have anything else on my list. Oh, I just see John Barrowman took the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, there's a bunch of good videos. Uh, I actually Stephen Amell. Of... I was going to say, Stephen Amell challenged him. Nice. I actually just thought of one more thing for anybody that hears this episode uh, or within the next three days and two hours. Um, the book Humble Bundle right now is Boom Studios. And, oh, my God, if you go the full $15, you get, what is it? It's 114 issues of 22 different comics titles. Damn. Jesus. So it's, it's almost like every run of every book I've heard about Boom putting out. It's like it's, you know... The the main set, you have Imagine Agents, four issues, Evil Empire, three issues, uh, four issues of Curse, uh, Dayman, one through three, Dead Letters, one through four, just a ton of all these series, one through 11 of Sons of Anarchy, Ooh. and then the Pay More Than the Average, which right now is $10.17, you get the complete six-issue run of Six-Gun Gorilla, three issues of Translucid, the first three issues of The Woods, the complete four-issue series of Hacktivist, which is the comic that was uh, started by Alyssa Milano, which I own all the actual issues. Um, the artist is the same guy doing the New Warriors right now, Marcus Toe, so it's beautiful. And it's one of those things, it's not where a celebrity wrote it and it's crap. A celebrity helped get it done, and it's fucking amazing. It's basically what if someone like that had funded Facebook wanted to change the world with it in a good way and actually take down bad governments. It's an incredible story. And then also in that, above $10 is uh, the first 16 issues of the, the new Planets of the Apes runs, volumes 1 through 4. 
and Mouse Guard the Black Axe. So yeah, it's probably the biggest bundle I've seen books wise. And like, I looked as like, oh, I should probably just get the no. Here's fifteen bucks. I'm done. Like I had to give fifteen bucks, but yeah, it's a gigantic stack. I downloaded all of them. It's just in the PDF form. It's just short of a gig of wow. comic books for fifteen dollars. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's the best book bundle I think I've seen on there since the Image one. And the Image one I only didn't get because I literally owned hard copies of like 90% of the books that were in the bundle. And so the few that were on there, I still would have actually saved money just paying 15 bucks and getting the ones that were remaining that I didn't own. But at the time, I really didn't have the cash. But for this one, yeah, I was like, oh, 15 bucks for this amount of comics. And out, out of these ones, I own, yeah, I own a Hacktivist, and that's it. I didn't own any of the rest of these books. And so there's a ton of brand new comics that I got, including uh, also in that set is the Fairy Quest Outlaws. That's the Humberto Ramos, Paul Jenkins ones that they've been doing the Kickstarters for. So it's the first two issues of that. There's some damn good books in here. Damn. All right, I'm going to check that out. I do have <clears throat> one last news story I meant to bring up. This one, normally Naki brings us the Doctor Who news. But I brought oh, this. Oh yeah, I, saw I, just, this. I was actually uh, just reading that while while Anthony was. was <laughs> I, was like, I just saw that on Facebook this morning too. Naki, I'll let you take the news then because you'll be able to give it its proper, uh, the proper feels because I know you like Doctor <laughs> Who a lot more than me. Peace out, Clara. You fucking uh, terrible companion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated her. Okay. Um, for those of you who haven't actually read the news, uh, Jenna Louise Coleman has announced that she is leaving. Um, she uh, Christmas will be her last episode. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Naki, I'm halfway through the first season of Matt Smith, so when does this chick show up? I've never even heard Clara, of her. Clara, she... I'm, like, way behind. Okay, she is... The last season of Matt Smith's run, so last year. Okay, because like, uh, like everybody's talking about the the companions leaving for the new guy. I'm like, wait, hasn't he? Doesn't he only done like one episode so far? And he's already losing his companion. What the hell? Yeah, she'll be she'll be around till till Christmas, and like I said, bye. Because she was, I don't know if she, I don't think Jenna Louise Coleman is a bad actress. I think she was giving some really shitty role. Um. Clara is what everybody is referring to as Clara Boring's when Boring's Wall because she literally has no personality at all. Wow. <laughs> and, and so, but it comes across as just poor writing, not bad acting. Yeah, it's poor writing. Well, obviously, poor writing. Like, I have a really big problem with Moffat. Um, I don't like what he's done with the companions. And it was actually really funny. I was watching an interview with um, one of the original Doctor, or one of the uh, classic who's, uh, which one was it? I think it was Peter Davidson, who was just like, I don't understand where all this kissing came from. Why is there so much kissing in Doctor Who? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was, like, she just became another love interest, and it was just so boring. She was so boring. So like when they when they when I read when I was just reading this like I was just like bye like whatever I don't care. I really like I I hope Peter Capaldi gets a a gets a well written companion who will like be a fighter with him because the way that it sounds like he's going to be a fighting doctor the way uh, Christopher Eccleston was. 
And, and also, bear in mind, the article I read on this said that she probably wouldn't be leaving until somewhere around Christmas time. So that's probably, what, about halfway through the season? Um, that actually would be the complete season, I think. Okay, so that's at the end of this season. So you've still got this season of her for all you Doctor Who fans. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that how I found out about this news is I saw it on Twitter where uh, Tony from Chemical X Show was tweeting Trent about it. And I was like, oh, I should probably mention this. <laughs> yeah, I was just nice. reading it on, uh, on the face space. Um, i got to get caught up on Doctor Who. I have it, to actually watch Doctor Who. I'm um, honestly, if you if you, I I have I never minded Matt Smith. I just felt bad for him because he was handing handed some really shitty writing. Um, but David Tennant is my favorite Doctor. Christopher Eccleston was an amazing Doctor. Um, he did not get a long enough run. I think if he had gotten a longer run, he would have been my favorite Doctor. Um, boyfriend does I not like Christopher. My Doctor. Yeah, boyfriend doesn't like Eccleston. He he thinks I love Destro. Destro's a great doctor. He's a great doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um I've tried to go back and watch Who, the classic Who. I think I just missed it. Missed that train. Um Yeah, I saw they put all of them on Netflix. I I added it to my queue, but I haven't tried to see if I could go back and watch them yet to see if it'd be entertaining enough to keep me interested. It was kind of like when I tried to go back and watch classic Star Trek, like original series. I couldn't oh, do that's it. Still fun. I, I like it in a fun. sense, but I got more creeped out because every time I turned it on, my grandmother would appear in my room and talk about how William Shatner's hot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that will stop someone from watching a TV show. Right <laughs> yeah, that there. would uh, definitely derail my love of Star Trek. Song. <laughs> Ooh, look at Shatner yeah. in that tight shirt. My grandmother has such time. a crush on William Shatner. It's 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 ridiculous. It's nice. it's crazy. Think of a crazy Irish woman in love with William Shatner. Just turned seventy three like last week. So <laughs> not wrong with that. Yeah, but it, like that's she actually watched classic Star Trek. So my nerddom runs deep. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, looking at the time, guys, we got about five minutes left, so we should probably just wrap up in our traditional fashion of sharing with the, the lovely audience what we've been getting into, what we are going to be getting into. And how about ladies first? What are you doing, Naki? Um, I fucking finished Arrow, so there you go. You got that. Um, on top of that, I have been playing Pokemans and Battle Block Theater and Borderlands 2, because um, this is my three-week summer vacation. This upcoming week is my last week of summer vacation. Um, I've also been writing a lot because um, I have a new idea that I'm trying to work out. Um, so, been writing a lot. Uh, last night I was at the All Night Flea Market, and I picked up uh, the series called Warlock, which is based on which is a Adam Warlock series. Um, I believe it was in the '90s or maybe late '80s. Um, uh, just it was it, from what Anthony and I were talking about in the pre-show. It looks like it's his origin story, and if Guardians of the Galaxy is going in the direction that I think it's going with, Adam Warlock will be introduced. Yeah, because I believe they showed a cocoon in the collector's collection. And for those that don't know, the the Infinity Gems are what they're introducing in the Marvel films. Definition of a galactic badass is when you're born with an Infinity Gem in your forehead. <laughs> Adam so, Warlock is a badass. 
Oh, uh, this is a little bit of a funny story from last night. So there is a bunch of kids who were hunting through comics last night, and I keep overhearing them because they're, like, in that same, like, route that I'm taking. They're digging through the comics, and they're like, are the new Guardians the same as Guardians of the Galaxy? Are they... Who's the Guardians of the Galaxy? Who's That kind of looks like the person from Guardians of the Galaxy. I looked over at them, and I'm like, the new Guardians have nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, really? Guardians of the Galaxy advance Astrovic. Major (laughs) victory. So... So I get about like three tables ahead of them, and that's when I found the Warlock series, and I'm like, I need that. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I am that bitch. But <laughs> I was just like, they're not gonna know that he's part of Guardians anyway. So whatever, they're just going based off the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. So before we move off of your stuff, Naki Draftsman has a question for you. He goes, "What's your problem with Clara? Seriously, Naki, why must you hate her? She was so good. Asylum of the Daleks." Um, Asylum of the Daleks, is that the first appearance of her? I have no idea. Don't ask I don't. me. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Before she became a companion, Clara appears in the series, and she was actually really interesting, because I was like, ooh, this girl could be cool. She just keeps randomly appearing. And then they wrote her into the most boring, lovesick puppy ever. And I was just like, oh, and, like, what it used to be was that the companions used to be there to... They weren't... Their lives didn't revolve around the doctor. They still had lives. Like, Martha Jones still was a doctor. Um, Rose Tyler still worked at... Like, technically, I mean, she was fired after the first episode. Um, but she was technically still a shopkeep. Like, their lives changed when the doctors came, but their lives... They weren't obsessed with the doctor. They didn't feel this need that they were, you know, that their lives just absolutely revolved around them and their lives would end with the Doctor. Um, Clara falls into that category where she was just there to make the Doctor better. She was just a pawn. That is my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, If you go in, like, I, I can say that I watched some classic Who in the sense that I watched the Eighth Doctor. I watched some, I believe... Uh, the episodes with Ace, um, where these are characters who stop the Doctor from being a dick. Like these are characters who, <laughs> nice. like, they Donna Noble is is my is if <sighs> we're going through like current Doctor Who, Do- Donna Noble is what a classic companion used to be, and Donna Noble was, is still my favorite companion. That that was the kind of redheaded chick he stole from her wedding, right? Uh, technically, she just appeared in his TARDIS. <laughs> but yes, Donna Noble was the last companion that David Tennant had. I watched through all of Tennant. I have trouble remembering all the names of the companions. I, I don't have the who knowledge locked in my head yet. I need to rewatch everything. Trashman yeah, Donna... continued on there. He said, then why is the new companion the girl from the Secret Garden? Oh, God, is it really? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Exactly. That's what he asked. I don't know. I don't. Yes, I, I don't know shit all about Doctor Who. Don't ask me stuff. <laughs> I I just uh, I was just like, I you know, if as long as Moffat's writing women, he's not going to write them well. And I've just come to terms with that. Like he just he doesn't, and he's even come out and said that he doesn't view women as people. So it's just like, okay. Which is I so sad for it. someone who apparently can write amazing sci-fi but can't write female characters. Well, so. apparently we're too far out of the realm of sci-fi. <laughs> this has been Naki on Doctor Who, and if you guys want more news about uh, general uh, 
Clara leaving Doctor Who, I'm sure Gallifrey Public Radio and the Gunny Geek Network's going to be talking about it. And I did want to mention also, happy two years to them, because it's been two years now, I think, since they started. What I saw yes. earlier this morning. So you guys got some awesome news on your two-year mark. I, don't, I, yeah. I have to say, though, Moffat might be right. It's probably easier to write time-traveling sci-fi time lords that go everywhere than it is to write women. I don't time understand. Time lords are a lot easier to understand. Then why can... Why can uh, okay. You're going to make me go on this rant, but J, George R. R. Martin Bye, writes guys. women. Amazing. Amazing, he? and he and all he says is that yeah, because women are people. Well, well why is this sense. difficult? <laughs> I don't know. Every you know, some writers just have that that hole in their game. I thought it was funny because I, I always think back to uh, when Gerald's game came out from Stephen King, and yeah. a lot of reviewers liked the book so much that they accused him of having his wife Tabitha King write it, <laughs> and he could write a female character that well. And I thought it's really weird that all those people forget that his first book was Carrie. Yeah. His first book was the story of a teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It is true. And, I mean, Stephen King, another one who writes Amazing Women. Joe Hill, another one right there. Like, Joe Hill has this tendency to get his women raped, but at least he writes very dynamic characters. And I don't know what it is about certain As writers. He, they they the find them difficult. Joe Hill I've read is Lock and Key, but, yeah, his female characters in that book are amazing. Mm-hmm. He's, he's him and his father write amazing female characters. So. But now in my head, I'm just thinking of Jack Nicholson in uh, what is it? As good as it gets. How do you write uh, female characters so well? I just think of a man. <laughs> and I, what, I take away. <laughs> I take away. Oh, what does he say? I can't. Remember, I take away self-respect and responsibility or something. Like it was some ridiculous fucking line. Oh, I can't remember it. I, right, I, I saw that movie forever ago. Okay, we should probably we should probably wrap up because yeah, that was what we were trying to do. With, uh, what we've been getting into. Draftsman put us on a nice tangent, and I liked it. I'll there go next because mine's quick. I finished Orange is the Black Season 2. I am rewatching Chuck the series right now because I forgot how much I loved it. That's what I play on Netflix when I'm cooking anymore. And it's really a lot more fun than I remembered some of the early episodes. And I am now playing on my X-Bone, the new Tomb Raider, well, the Tomb Raider, the last Tomb Raider game. Surprisingly fun. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's actually a pretty fun game. So, kudos to you guys. And this is after I beat Wolfenstein, which was surprisingly <laughs> fun, but I would not have paid $60 for it, just a quick review. I got it on sale and used a Best Buy gift card slash coupon and got it for like 22 bucks, And it was totally worth 22 bucks. Don't know about 60 Nice. And that's all I've really been getting into, so I'm going to toss it to one Anthony Bachman. <laughs> I'll try to make mine quick. Um, between Netflix and my VHS tape collection, I've spent the week going back and watching every Robin Williams movie I have access to. Um, I won't get into it too much. My favorite one is What Dreams May Come, and I only made it 30 minutes into that one. It's the only one I really can't watch yet because it's all about him dealing with death, so that was a little hard. It's a really um, hard movie to watch yeah. right now. I, I was also I in that same film, boat. But yeah, it, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, we did, like like I said, there's a Split Alert Theater episode out there. Uh, we did the entire Robin Williams IMDb this week, which was just a blast. And all of us talking about his influences and in comedy and all this stuff. And yeah, that was one, it really hit me hard. I didn't cry when my real father died. I really didn't care much. When I came home that day from work and found that Robin Williams died, I fucking bawled. That guy's been basically, you know, showing the world how to be funny my entire life. So, yeah, that, that one definitely hit me hard. And I do want to say to the people that were trolling his daughter on Twitter, 
I hope you all die slow, painful fucking deaths. They need to go to hell. Yeah, those was, people yeah. are awful. But on yeah. a good note, I've been color and geek. I actually uh, had a little offer to help uh, clean up some pages for a Kickstarter. So I was working on that last night. I'm going to finish that off this afternoon. So there's a Kickstarter. I'm not going to name names, but they just needed some help with the Photoshop and cleaning up some ink work. So I did that real quick, and so I know that there's a Kickstarter that I backed that's going to have some cleaner pages on the finished product, so I'm kind of happy about that. Uh, picked up my comics on Payday Friday. These are the ones I haven't read yet. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's it was a big two weeks at my shop. But um, the new issue, Invincible 113, Robot's a Prick, and it's still the best superhero comic book in the universe. They started uh, The Edge of the Spider-Verse, which they're finding out that uh, the whole Spider-Verse thing that's coming is um, when Spider-Ock disappeared for 24 hours during the introduction of the new Spider-Man 2099. This book starts off with what happened to him, is that uh, what where uh, Doc Ock ended up during those 24 hours. And it starts with him living in Miguel O'Hara's apartment in the Spider-Man 2099 future. So it's a pretty cool start. Hmm. Um, Original Sin Spider-Man was good. Original Sin 7, like Chris said, they finally show you who uh, killed the Watcher. This book is batshit crazy, but it it's, still been, it's been really fun so far, and I'm stoked to see what they do with the last issue. Uh, Wolverine's only got one month left to die, and then he's Good done die. for it. Yeah, thank but God. The best one, uh, I got a little late because issue two is actually out. Genius number one came out, Mark Bernard. And, um, some people might know he's a friend with Kevin Smith, entertainment writer and comic book writer. He's been on a, a bunch of episodes of The Fat Man on Batman when they go back and watch the movies of Batman. Mark Bernardin's the one that sits and bullshits with him. This book was a Top Cow pilot season from 2008. They won, and it now is a five-issue miniseries. Um, everybody can go check it out on Top Cow's website. They have issue number one available as a free PDF, so you can go read number one for free right now. It's a great idea. There being um, one tactical genius basically born in every generation and in this book the question is what would happen if the tactical genius born in a generation was a female in uh, basically South Central LA she unites the gangs and takes on the LAPD which a lot of the guys that have been working on it have been doing a lot of talk on Twitter about the Ferguson thing and the fact that this book is highly topical and they really they honestly both the writers say they wish that it wasn't because they're really sad about what's going on over there, but in a way, like this book covers a lot of the shit that's being dealt with in real life right now. So yeah, um, Mark Bernardin, uh, Adam, Mr. Adam Freeman on Twitter, and Afua Richardson, who's actually a, um, uh, she's the artist, and she's an African-American female, so it's awesome to see a female artist getting an awesome book out there, and the artwork on this book is as amazing as the storyline, so yeah. I would highly recommend everybody go pick up Genius number one and number two. They're both in stores right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. It has to be done. So, looking at the time, we are a little over this week, so you guys get a little extra ATGN because we love you guys that much or something like that. Because we shake our booties for you. We do? We dance like... Or Naki does. Yeah, Naki does. But I don't put on on my camera. (laughs) Well, I have the camera app... I can turn I'll do the for you. Tech bounce of love for him. <laughs> Please don't put on the camera. I just woke up. Let's look. Like the problem. Like I, I don't mind being on camera or anything like that. The problem is, is I wake up ten minutes before I go on the air. So. 
We need to start waking up Naki earlier. This this sense of mystery. I think people are missing her on camera. That's why the peanut gallery no. is so small. No, no. <laughs> turn camera off. Turn Can you actually turn off. her camera on without her being able to control it? Yeah, watch. I'll turn yours off. See, just turn Anthony's camera off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'll turn it back on. <laughs> because I'm the host. Suddenly of naked. The hangar. Suddenly naked. And you know, I can also oh, turn off the microphone. <laughs> so if Naki just starts getting annoying for some reason, I'm like mute. You can just mute her. <laughs> I forgot that yeah, if you're the host, you have. I all could the do the same control. to anyone who's on the hangout. I wouldn't Chris do it. Chris has all the power. What's all the fun of using this power? Unlimited power. Maybe that's the name of this week's episode. Nice. I have no idea. What? Bacon right. pancakes, making bacon pancakes. <laughs> bacon and I put it in a pancake. On that note, pancakes, guys. Pancakes, making bacon pancakes. <laughs> On that note, guys, I think we're out of here. Don't forget, we stream live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern over at live.atgnpodcast.com. You can hit us up on the Facebook, the Twitter, all the social media. If you want to be a part of the show, leave your feedback there. If you're interested in guest hosting, also leave your feedback there. We're, we'll bring some guest hosts back on again at some point. But any final words, guys, before we get out of here? Robin Williams and Star Wars. Damn Anthony, right. There you go. Oh, no, actually, yeah. My last word would be, BANGERING! Damn it, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) Good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Well, my last words also bangerang, so there. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy on the Gunna Geek Podcast Network. You can find ATGN in a variety of places. Some of those include our website at atgnpodcast.com or on certain apps like Stitcher Radio. In fact, we're even on Gunna Geek's main website at gunnageek.com slash network where you can find all things good and nerdy and all of the other shows that are part of the Gunna Geek network family. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, don't forget you can use any of the social media methods like Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or Twitter at ATGN Podcast. That's not your cup of tea for getting in touch with us. Don't forget about the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. We check it each week, so leave us a message and we'll get back to you and put it on the show. That's going to wrap up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Join the Adahe, Naki, and myself next week for an all-new live show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at live.atgnpodcast.com. The music you've heard for both the intro and outro of this show were found on SoundCloud.com and are used in accordance with the Creative Commons licenses. Leaving Earth by Abandon All Hope is used as the outro of this show, and The Wind Waker by the Neskimos is used as the intro and slightly modified in both cases. To get links directly to these songs, go to atgnpodcast.com and check out the background music section.